Welcome to the Inspired Teacher's Guide podcast. We are Kim Wilkins and Laura Woldridge, just two teachers trying to podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Our goal is to help you by discussing a variety of topics that will help you as a whole. In the same way, we want to focus on the whole child. On this podcast, we will be talking in and outside the class. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Well, last week we had a good episode, Laura. Oh, yes. That was we, exciting. Yeah, Voices from the Classroom. This is something we're going to try to do once a quarter to get voices from teachers who are actually in the trenches. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah. We're always inspired and encouraged when we, we hear are. it from others. and Yeah, so it was our very first one, and we had mm-hmm. Lauren Cleek, mm-hmm. who is a high school AP Lank, AP, no, Lit teacher. And that would be, Lank. that would be very hard for me. Oh, <laughs> I know. Looking for me too, the but grading. it's not for Lauren. My, one of my favorite takeaways from her is just, man, how passionate she is. I know. And how important it is to bring passion to the classroom. Yes. Yeah, she dresses up. I love that she dresses up. So she, they read a book, she dresses up. She tries to get them inspired and encouraged, and she tries to make learning fun for them. And she even said, you know, people say, oh, when you're past elementary, it's not any fun anymore. Right. But, but she does a great job. And she makes it fun. Yeah. And I think we can do that with anybody. We, can have a little, we don't have to dress up like a space cat like she does, but I love it. I do too. You have to know the kids do. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. But we still can have fun with them. What else did you like? Oh, I love it that she writes with her kids. I know. I do yeah. too. I do too. I just think that that's, that's showing them that, she is a writer too. Yes. Mm-hmm. She models and she writes along with them and she gives exemplars. Yeah. I think those are all important things. They're, I think they're necessary. Yeah. If you're going to have great writers, they have to see mm-hmm. their goal and have to be walked, led to the water. If telling we're teaching, we'd all be geniuses. <laughs> My, our, um, would be a lot more efficient. We would be. <laughs> We can get so much more done, but it's not like that. It is not like that. So today's episode is about bringing peace into our busy lives mm. in the classroom and at home and outside the classroom. Yeah, I'm super excited about this episode. Yeah. So to learn about this topic, we have a guest. Oh, I love it when we have guests. This, this is this is an episode for us, it, oh, listeners. Okay. I mean, we. This is really just for us. <laughs> yeah, if you're watching, you're literally listening to counseling in action. Yes. Oh, to help us because we are definitely not experts in this cat um on this topic. We have a guest, and and all right, here's our drum roll. Our guest today is Leslie Hobbs. Leslie and okay. I. Oh, hey, Leslie. <laughs> We have been friends for a very long time. Would you share a little bit of your story, your background, a little bit about you as a person individually? Just give us all the details. Sure. As to why you think I'm an expert at maintaining peace, which I'm not. I just have a lot of good advice that I've learned along the way (laughs) and practice when I can. Um, Yeah. My name is Leslie Holmes. Um, I am married to Matt. We have three kids. Two teenagers um, and one that's not. And I know this is a teaching podcast. I have homeschooled 
all three kids at different stages in their lives. I have one at home right now still, actually. Um, so I do like, I do use some tips that I've learned here. So, you know, it works for all of us. Um, but currently I am a yoga instructor, uh, have been for about a year and a half, but I've been practicing for almost 20 years now. So, um, I guess that's kind of why I have a little bit of insight into just some practices and ways to deal with stress, um, just some kind of quick ways um, that are effective. And then also, you know, just spending more time digging deeper into getting into stress and learning more about yourself. And that's something I've always been curious about. Um, so yeah, I teach yoga. <laughs> that's about it right now. <laughs> and you're a photographer. And yes. I am. Yeah, yeah, I do and lots of things. Our pictures. You do. Right. You have great skills as a you photographer. So. You know, no. I'm really into this whole mind and body thing right now. I just read a book called The Body Keeps the Score. I have that book. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to recommend it. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So I want you to teach us kind of how we can um, achieve kind of a better mindset, but better health through our mindset. Is that kind of what we're thinking about? Absolutely. And, you know, that's something that I've kind of always been aware of in my adult life is just how much my feelings and things that were happening in my life really affected how I was physically feeling. So just talking about um, how we can use mind-body connection in relation to stress in our lives and in our classrooms. Um, so we have different levels of stress throughout the day. And that's normal. Our body is supposed to react with things, with our stress response. If we are in danger, if we are sick, um, when we are exercising, our body lets off these natural stress responses and that's okay. We're not supposed to, as ideally as it would be, to sit around and be perfectly that Zen idea and just mm -hmm. calm and nothing ever phases us. Our heart rate stays low. That is, that's, Maybe it is achievable with a whole lot of practice and nothing else going on in your life, but we need to learn that we can get to that place sometimes. Um, so something that yoga does that I love is it teaches us to become observers of our lives. Just really observe how your body feels, observe your thoughts and your thought patterns we observe our feelings, and this is just the start of that mind-body awareness, just being aware of what's happening in our mind, being aware of what's happening in our body, and it takes practice, um, and that's that mind-body connection is realizing that there is a connection between our thoughts and feelings to our physical health, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Does that make sense, the way I'm explaining that? Okay, good, good. So that's what mind-body connection means. We have to start there before we know how to make that stronger. Mm -hmm. So I don't know about you guys, but whenever, when I think of stressors in my life and how my body responds, for example, when I'm very nervous or worried, I get so sick at my stomach, like sick, sick at my stomach. I know um, a lot of us may feel that real heavy chest, like something sitting on our chest. You know exactly what I'm feeling, <laughs> what I'm saying, right? Um, that is a stress response to something in your life. A lot of people dealing with grief or anger, whatever it is, may get, um, they don't eat, um, which is a physical reaction 
to something going on in our life. So as you can tell, it is proof that what's going on in your life and in your mind, you are physically reacting to it. That is the mind-body connection, okay? So we know it's there. We have to be aware of those stress signals. So the second that you start feeling that heaviness in your chest, it's important for us to realize that that's not normal for us and then stop and say, what's happening in my life? Mm. What is causing this right now? Okay, that's that awareness, if that makes sense. Do y'all have those feelings? Good. (laughs) I like the point where you're saying once you start feeling it or sensing it, then it's time to act. Mm -hmm. Because I think many times we just wait till we're way underwater to think, oh, Mm -hmm. what should I do? But it needs to be, we need to be more... Oh, I, I say um, reactively preventative. <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. And if you get to that point, then you need to be able to bring yourself back down from that if it has gone too far. It's our responsibility. It's our body. No one else is feeling what we're feeling in that moment. So that is, again, mind, body, awareness. It is our job to be observers of what's happening in our lives. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that is what we're going to get a little deeper into because it's not natural for a lot of people. A lot of people don't take the time. We're too busy to sit around and think what feels off with me today. Mm-hmm. You know, like something isn't quite right. I wonder what's happening in my life to cause this feeling or this physical reaction. Um, I could talk about the vagus nerve and about our gut brain connection, but that's a whole other podcast <laughs> on why we usually feel it in our gut. Anyway, so that's why we say things like, oh, that's that. Oh, I don't want to think about that. That makes me sick. Yeah, it it's, physically yeah. does. Mm-hmm. It's not imaginary. Even no. if we are, and here's what's even worse. Even if we are imagining something, our body still has the physical reaction. Wow. Yes. And I just read a book uh, just yesterday actually about that very thing and about how this 24 hour news cycle and everything that we read and hear our body doesn't, our mind senses that as, as stress, Mm -hmm. whether we feel it, what's going on in our mind is telling us that we're stressed Mm -hmm. and, and it affects us physically. My mother passed away in January and I know I've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be just bemoan it, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. And two weeks after she died, I woke up in the middle of the night. You know, you get up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water. And I I thought I was going to die. I was pretty sure I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was so sick. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't breathe. My chest was hurting. My All the symptoms. And um, I told Tim, I said, I, I'm, I'm dying. You're going to have to call an ambulance. I... I never, oh, I never thought that so much of that was linked to mm. just the stress of mother being sick and then losing her and then the grief after. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The grief, the, all those thoughts definitely do it, but you're also, when your cortisol levels are so high from stress, from constant stress like that, your body is unable to take care of itself correctly. So mm-hmm. you're not as healthy as you should be physically. So if you yeah. do get an illness, you're not going to be strong enough to fight it off as well. So it's <laughs> your body really does keep the score of everything happening in your yes. life. That's, That's a great book too. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So let's talk about some ways that we can, um, when we notice these symptoms or just how we can start to notice these symptoms, what we can do about it. So I'm going to give you some practical tools. So my three favorite things, you may think they have nothing to do with yoga, but yoga is not just postures and poses and <laughs> working out until you exhaust yourself. It includes things like mindfulness, breath work, meditation, and those are the three that we're going to talk about today. So I mean, we are doing yoga. You can tell everybody you did yoga today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I like to start with is breath work. And the reason I like to start here is because, first of all, we all know how to breathe. We have that in common. We're all breathing right now. Mm -hmm. We do it without even thinking about it. And I feel like it's the most accessible thing to teach people because you can work on these anywhere, any place. Um, breathing is just an easier thing to teach. So we start here, um, especially when compared to mindfulness and meditation, it's easier to start with your breath work. Um, so having breathing techniques, which sounds silly to think that you should <laughs> think about your breath and have a plan and a whole exercise routine for your breath. It sounds silly, but it is, it is so powerful. Um, and it can give you that immediate relief from stress. So if you need to do this in the car, um, in the middle of a class, um, when you're taking care of your kids, whatever it is, you can take the time to do this and it will immediately start to lower your heart rate, start to lower some of those cortisol levels and mm -hmm. take you out of that stress just for a moment. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just what we need. So help us make better decisions too. Yes. We just kind of Always. slow down. Always. And it's just good for your health. It's good for your blood pressure. When you start mm -hmm. thinking about your breathing, it's the health benefits are there too, not just to relieve some stress. So we're going to do this together for a moment. Yeah. And anyone listening, if you're in your car, um, if you're cleaning, whatever you do when you listen to a podcast, you can do this right now. Okay. Okay. Let's do so it. Here's what we're going to do. So start where you are. If you're sitting up, plant your feet on the ground, oh. both feet, rest your hands in your lap. Okay. Bring your shoulders up by your ears as high as you can and then drop them as far away down as you can. Make sure your chin stays parallel to the ground. We spend most of our day with our head falling forward, looking at our phones. That's too much stress on our neck, so chin is parallel. If you want to close your eyes, you can. If not, just drop your gaze down towards your lap. I already feel better. Uh, <laughs> right? Now just take a big inhale through your nose, as big of a breath as you possibly can, and just sigh it out through your mouth. Let it all out. Now just stay there and just notice what your breath is doing naturally. Now that you've relaxed your shoulders, you've taken that big cleansing breath. Notice if your breath is quick, shallow, really fast breathing. If so, this may be a sign that you're stressed, you're worried, you've got a lot going on, but just notice your breath. We're going to start with my favorite breathing technique, which is called box breathing. Very simple, it can help re-energize you, it can help calm you down, it has a lot of benefits. So on box breathing, we will count to four on every part that we do. So we're going to inhale two, three, four, hold, two, three, four, exhale, two, three, four, 
Hold. Two. Three. Four. One more time. In. Two. Three. Four. Hold. Two. Three. Four. Out. Two. Three. Four. Hold. Two. Three. Four. Do you feel a little lighter? My shoulders feel better. Yep. My shoulders dropped. You know, you said to drop them, but they dropped even more right? during the breathing. So you do that as many rounds as you need to. If you need to count to five, the more you practice this, you may be able to do this longer for each hold. Um, it really is a practice. So keep doing it as long as you need until you feel that maybe your brain feels a little more centered. Maybe you can make a better decision in that moment. Maybe you feel like you were really rushed to make a decision or to hurry up. You know, that uh, that stresses mm -hmm. me out, being in a hurry. And this gives you a moment. Everybody has two minutes. You really do. Put your phone upside down and take your breaths. Yeah. yeah. One I also love that you can, you can look up. I'm not going to explain it today, but it's called alternate nostril breathing. I mean, sounds really fun, right? I don't know. <laughs> it really is just breathing. You close one nostril, breathe in the opposite, close that one back, breathe out the opposite. So you, you use that with the voice. Yeah, you use your thumb on one side, maybe your ring finger on the other, and just switch. It feels okay. so good. It feels so good. I love that breath. <laughs> so, you know, there's a hundred different breathing techniques for whatever's going on, but that first one always recommend starting there. You don't have to try to do what? Just focus on your breath. Yes. Be intentional mm. with your breathing. First, notice what your breathing is doing, how you're breathing, and then take control of it on purpose. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really good. Yes. So as we, I guess we could go ahead and talk about how you could use this in your classroom, just breathing. Yeah. Would that take a lot of time to do with your class? No. No. Uh -uh. Okay. No. I actually did a breathing thing with the child today that we learned from Natalie. The square. <laughs> I had a child who was kind of on the cusp of falling apart. Mm -hmm. We did that. But I'm going to try this one. Yeah. Box breathing. That's easy. Too. I love that. I think that um, before we take a test, maybe mm -hmm. um, when we come in from recess, people uh, yeah. trying to down, you know, down regulate. Um, yeah, definitely on those days where maybe you do have a lot going on and you can't take a long time for, you know, trying to do a guided meditation or something that takes five or 10 minutes. Okay. It can at least kind of get everyone centered for a moment. I also I love the hot chocolate breath. Have you seen that? No. no. It's really good. You just put your you hands up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> put your hands up like you're holding a cup of hot chocolate and you take that real deep inhale and then you blow it out as if you're cooling off hot chocolate. So your exhale is super, super oh, slow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Oh, my kids are going to love it. They this. will love it. My little elementary students. <laughs> right? It's the best. Yeah. Yes. I do it. I picture blowing on hot chocolate because that's the mm -hmm. only way to control that exhale. It's perfect. It makes sense to everyone. Right. Yeah. Oh, so. I just think so many times, my friend Madison, she said last week, she said, 
everything happened last week. It was homecoming. We had pep rallies. We had a fire drill. We had dress up days. We had picture day. We had, yes. So, I mean, we, we could probably do some breath work each day, but especially at times like that during your yes. year, it mm-hmm. will be important to bring some, I think stability, what would you say, or some grounding to mm-hmm. your classroom? Why is it important to keep your feet on the floor? Um, again, like Laura just said, grounding to ground okay. you, to make you feel centered. If you're kind of, you know, especially when it comes to yoga, we're really careful about feeling balanced. Mm-hmm. And so you want both your hips firmly planted. You want your feet firmly planted so you can feel the earth. You want to rest your hands. It just helps your body feel balanced on both sides. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that, safe, that emotional safety with your body. Yeah. Yeah. And I do always say, you know, a lot of people for trauma reasons or whatever reasons are not comfortable closing their eyes. So if someone is not comfortable with that, you always give them the option to just lower their gaze, maybe mm-hmm. towards their lap. And I think that would be important for us as if we're doing this with our students to offer options. You know, always. you can this or this or whatever, you know, <laughs> helps you feel better. I think that visualizations like the hot chocolate would be super powerful. Oh, I do too. For little, you know, especially little kids. Yeah, um, I think that's perfect. And if they need to stand up to do their breath work, which some people mm-hmm. feel more comfortable, then you can always take what we call mountain pose, but really it just means standing tall, your feet firmly on the ground, and have them imagine they are a tall mountain that doesn't move. Oh. And then just really feeling strong, you know, in themselves mm-hmm. and in their breath. Well, and children aren't in control of very much. Yeah, they're not in control of very much. They are little children and well, even teenagers. I mean, what are they in control of? Their their circumstances are overwhelming to them sometimes, just mm-hmm. not in necessarily a bad situation, but just I'm sure they feel out of control a lot. So I think that would be good. Yeah. You're in control. You're a tall mountain Yeah, with a hot cup of chocolate. <laughs> What's better? <laughs> so I, I was just thinking about when might be great times to do some breath work? I'm thinking even before we get started in our day. In the beginning of the day. I did it for a while in my field one class. I don't know why I stopped, but I, I made them I made them do it. And I would guide them through different some different visualizations. And, you know, I was doing it for them, but really it was great for me too. Yeah. So that's just a bang for a book. So we could do it. So we could do it. Before we get like busy into our content, we could do it when tension rises, mm-hmm. um, when chaos ensues. So after a fire drill, when we get back or whatever, or from like ground duty, or just I don't know when, when. I think when I think we know when the shift comes in our room, and we think it's mm-hmm. getting chaos or it's getting tense, or you know that there might be some beneficial times to do this. I think it is extremely important for sports, for athletes to learn Mm -hmm. breath work, to prepare before competition. Um, I would, if they would let me be in every sports team in our schools, I would be there in a heartbeat. Um, Just think about the pressure before you compete of what that feels like. And if you think my heart feels like it's about to beat out of my chest and I have no control over this, this is just how it's going to feel. And I'm going to get sick and I'm going to go throw up before I compete, you know, like if you knew that you could make that go away, um, 
which is what mindfulness is in the meditation we're going to talk about next, uh, it would be a game changer. I feel like for so many student athletes, especially. I just love that you're, you're giving us, you know, we really need to focus on noticing and then some tools Mm -hmm. because I think if we started attacking this throughout the day, then at the end of the day, how much better we We would feel feel for sure if we were not just addressing it as I pull out the parking lot, but I addressed it throughout the day. Right. You might not get to that end of the day exhaustion. Yeah. Adrenaline push. Yes person yeah. so yeah. do it before as a teacher do it before you walk into that building mm-hmm. and do it before you leave when all the kids have left your class before you walk out of that door mm-hmm. definitely um okay so that's breath work that is the simplest one for everyone to practice I mean obviously it is um the next step that I like to take in like the journey towards the mind body um connection and just building that awareness is mindfulness um So mindfulness is a word that kind of goes around a lot now. It's one of those that you kind of know what it is, but not exactly. Um, It sounds like something you should know, but maybe you don't. Um, So mindfulness is really just simply um, being aware of your thoughts, um, how you're reacting to your thoughts, noticing thought patterns, um, just so that you can be more present in what's happening right now, wherever you are, in your body, in your thoughts, in your environment, all of that. Um, I like to say it's being non-judgmental of your current moment. So just seeing things as they are, um, especially like how your body feels. We talk about this a lot in class, just noticing how your body is feeling in that moment of stress or at the beginning of your day, the end of your day, not judging it for, oh, that's a bad feeling or it shouldn't feel like that or I don't like that it feels this way or my body shouldn't be doing this. Not being judgmental, just being aware and just noticing. So rarely do we sit still and just notice what's going on around us, notice what's going on in our heads, um, and notice how we're feeling. So we like to start with the breath work, calm ourselves down a little bit. Then we start to move into this mindfulness of how am I feeling? What am I thinking about? Um, So we just like to be there as an observer. One of the ways that I like to spend my own time in mindfulness practice. I love to be outside, um, but I like to go out there. Don't take a phone. Don't take a book, Laura. <laughs> no podcast or music playing. <laughs> oh, it's it. I've just noticed recently how much I try to fill that silent time. Oh, I do. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Like, you know, when I, when I run, I like to run or mm-hmm. walk and I listen to nothing because it, because I just, there's always noise, always, yeah. always, always. Okay, and listen. yeah. How do you do that? Because I, I've started running again. And this morning I ran to Pitbull because I mean, why not? <laughs> well, why not? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't stand to hear myself gasping for breath. That's why. <laughs> yeah. So I need to and coach me on that. Because I know mm-hmm. I would be better, a better mind space if I would just 
run and notice and listen to the birds or listen to them, mm-hmm. whatever. But I can't get out of that. Yeah. Well, thing. you know, I often just hear the sound of my heavy breaths and think about how heavy my legs feel and how I don't want to take one more step. There's definitely plenty of moments like that. So maybe you just try it on a walk around your block. You know oh, what I mean? Maybe yeah. you need the music for heavy exercise, which is totally fine if that's what you need. As long as there is some point during your day when you're not listening to anything, you're not looking at anything. Mm. Like I said, I love to sit outside, especially in the morning. You can keep your eyes open and just look around. I've always been a very curious person and have always loved thinking about everything. (laughs) Um, I'm just a, a daydreamer by nature and just very inquisitive. And so for me, it is nature. That's where I can sit Mm -hmm. still and really just be in my moment and think what is on my mind today? You know, like, look at those pretty birds. I wonder where they're going, you know, just those moments. Um, But it can be anywhere for you, especially, you know, if you are going to work and you know, it's going to be stressful. That is when you stop in your car, maybe, or if you get to work, or I recommend always, I always loved getting to work early, being the only person mm-hmm. in the office, mm-hmm. so quiet, and I could be, I could be quiet, um, and just taking those few moments to breathe, and then just start and see kind of where your mind starts wandering. So our brains are so active, they are always doing something, we are blessed to be so smart that our brains can fill up all of our time with thoughts, but we also have to be wise enough to notice which thoughts um, deserve our time and which thoughts deserve our attention. Because this is, again, where that stress is happening is because maybe our thoughts are on things that don't matter in this moment. Mm. Maybe if it's worry and anxiety, it's things in the future that haven't even happened. Um, but we're spending our present on that. Um, and I love to say this in yoga class. It's one of my favorite things, but not everything you think is true. Yes. At that, I say that all the time. You don't have to believe every thought that comes in your head. No, you don't. And and especially I think with teenagers, this is good in junior high and high school classes, they are thinking about so much that is not true. Thoughts mm-hmm. about themselves um, maybe about their grades, about how good they are or it's something or not. And I think taking that moment to remind them, you don't have to believe everything you think. We like to think of our thoughts, just observing them. And we decide which thoughts get to stay with us and which ones don't. Um, we get to decide that. And I think we talked about control earlier about how kids don't have control over much it's okay for them to know they have control over what they think about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. So Leslie and I do sometimes we'll do some meditations with Ross Rayborn. Um, And he, my favorite one of his is where he asks you to act like you're cleaning out your closet and you can, you take out a box out of the closet, you open it and see what its contents are and you decide whether you need to take it out to the trash or that you lovingly hold on to it or you pack it up and put it back on the shelf to think about another day. Mm -hmm. And I 
I just love that one. Like I feel so much better when I, when I do something like that, mm-hmm. the visualization is powerful for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is for mm-hmm. me too. But absolutely. That's definitely one to share with students. We love to talk mm-hmm. about how just picture that you're looking at a bright blue sky and there are clouds passing by. You can still see the sky um, and you see the clouds passing and you can decide if you want to watch that one cloud move on or maybe you want to look for the next. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, our thoughts are the same way. They just come and go so quickly. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we really just stay focused on the wrong ones. And that's true with thought patterns, too. Um, And so maybe this is something you could add to your class. Maybe just take a few moments. If you can, you know, you can read your room. You know your class um, by this stage of the year, I assume. And maybe you just tell them, hey, let's do a couple um, moments of breath work. Then we're going to talk or just think on what you are thinking about. What were you thinking about when you came into class this morning? What was on your mind? And just let them think about that. Maybe they feel comfortable writing it down. Mm. If it's a negative thought, maybe they tear it up. You know, there's all sorts of things. Maybe you're a trusted person. They can tell you. Um, Just what were you thinking about when you came in here today? I think that simple little thing, maybe if they get it out of their mind by speaking it or at least saying it to themselves or writing it down, can free up some space to maybe have a little focus in your class, knowing that they were able to kind of push it aside for a bit. You can Mm -hmm. always tell them, hey, you can always come back to that thought later. Mm -hmm. So let's set it aside. You know, maybe something like that would work. I I like that idea of, is this something I want to keep? Mm -hmm. Put it up for later? Or do I just want to throw it away? Because it's not even worth my time. They do need to learn that early on. Mm -hmm. I wish it taught me that. Yeah. I love that. Oh, me too. Like mm-hmm. just, just not worth my time. Like mm-hmm. just tear it up and put it away. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I, we all need this class in st- when we're growing up. <laughs> we do. E- like we do. every year. Mm-hmm. I just think about what better what better humans we could be. I know. <laughs> I know. And just think mm-hmm. about especially in relation to stress as our relation. I mean as ours um as adults. So when we notice that chest is thumping, thumping or we're sick at our stomach. Okay. What am I thinking about right now? Is this something a lot of times when that's happening, it's something we're imagining in the future mm-hmm. or it's something that's happened in the past. And we can't do anything about either one of them. I hate to be so blunt and honest, but truthfully, if we would just acknowledge, Oh, Hey, that's actually not happening right now. I think that would be great. That I lost your visual again. Oh, okay. You're still here. <laughs> I do think that's true. Um, we all have a past mm-hmm. and we've all been hurt in some way or another mm-hmm. and have some trauma, mm-hmm. albeit not equal. Right. But mm-hmm. we can just talk ourselves through that. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's not happening now that happened in the past mm-hmm. or it, or that hasn't happened, and I don't even know if it will happen. Well, I know <laughs> that's true. I think about everything that could potentially happen. <laughs> Me too. That's that's where I live most of the time, Kim. <laughs> and it's it's so it is never going to happen. Mm-hmm. The things we worry about will never happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But yes, the things you have to say to yourself. Yes. Right? Yeah. You notice those thought patterns. So you're noticing. Okay, most of the time when I'm feeling stressed and worked up, it's about something that may not even happen, probably won't even happen. Mm-hmm. And when you 
that is being that non-judgmental observer that we're talking about, just really naming it and saying, oh, okay, this is what, what I'm thinking about. And okay, let's bring it more to something present. Mm-hmm. So that is how mindfulness works. So mindfulness is just, um, a lot of people think mindfulness and meditation is the same. Um, mindfulness can be a part of meditation. Um, mindfulness is something that you want to be constantly um, in the middle of, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I love, there's this book, it's a yoga book. It's called the Yamas and Niyamas. It's just all these different practices of yoga and kind of the rules we try to live by. And she talks, the author talks about how um, important it is to be so present in the moment that you're in right now. And then, so when you move on to the next thing, you were able to wrap up that moment, whether it's a conversation with someone, a vacation. I don't know about you, but I've left a vacation and hurried up to the next thing. And then I kind of didn't even remember I was on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, being so present and taking the moment when it's over to think on it for a moment, Um really just let yourself be at peace that that moment is over and then be fully present in the next conversation or the next place where you're going. That's mindfulness. If that makes sense, it's a constant practice. It's a state Mm -hmm. of being all the time. Does that make sense? Any more questions about mindfulness? I'm just thinking about, I have a friend who's teaching first grade and she has a little boy who really, really struggles with, um, coming back from PE because he loves it so much. And so I think she could prompt him to think about, think about the best thing that was from PE, you know, and kind of giving it some closure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if your mind is still on PE, when you go to class, that's all you can think about because you're still there. Oh, I get it. I would, yeah, I would be the same way. That's way more fun. (laughs) Sorry, first grade, but it is. Oh man. oh man okay so that's mindfulness the last things we've talked about breath work mindfulness just being in touch with our thoughts and where we are in the moment and then the last thing is meditation so meditation is an actual practice okay so you're not like walking around in a state of meditation like you would be mindfulness this is its own practice okay. if that if that helps you understand the difference mm-hmm. Um, so meditation is a practice to help us rein in some of our thoughts. It helps to calm the mind. Um, something I love about yoga is that it was traditionally practiced to, you do the asanas, the poses to completely wear your body out. So then at the end, you would be prepared for meditation, if that makes sense. I did not know that. Yeah, it's amazing. And when you think about how most... Um, especially Western yoga classes are um, structured. You do all the heavy exercise at the beginning, get real tired. Then at the end, you lay down and you do nothing for the last Mm -hmm. 10 minutes. You're able to rest. That's why it's set up that way. So it is good if you're kind of exhausted by the time you come to meditation. You've kind of worn yourself out. Um, So I can't lead you in meditation practice over a podcast like I could um, our breath work. Um, There are a lot of really good apps out there, such as Calm is one that a lot of people use. Laura and I like the Peloton app. They have some really good instructors. Um, And if you've never done meditation before, I would just start with five to 10 minutes. It is. It's probably not what you think it's going to (laughs) be. 
you know, there is this thought that, oh, well, if I do meditation, I have to clear everything out of my mind and, and I'm doing it wrong if I'm thinking about something while I'm there or if I'm not able to sit still. And that's not true. There's not a you're not good or bad at meditation. It is a practice. You are always practicing it. Um, and just like you said mm-hmm. earlier, it's about breath work or mindfulness, about being non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. You have to bring that same mindset into meditation or you'll Absolutely. spend your whole time frustrated with yourself. I was when I've tried. Mm-hmm. I was real frustrated because I thought, I, I'm not good at this. I, again, my it's a pattern of behavior for me <laughs> the non the negative self-talk so i'm really working on that but i i tried and then i thought i just don't think i'm i'm too nervous and fidgety mm. maybe i need to do yoga first you should then i'll be ready i'm the whole class so the thing about especially if you're new to meditation or even if you've only done it a few times um i like to get in a place where you are in comfortable clothes. You can sit comfortably. You can sit on a cushion or a pillow. A lot of times I will lay completely down flat on my back Mm -hmm. because I'm tired (laughs) and old and my back hurts a lot. So that works too. There's no right or wrong way. You can be sitting in a chair. You can be sitting cross-legged. It's however you can let your body kind of relax, but still be a little alert. Um, and then you start with your breath work. So before you even turn on a meditation app or anything that you're going to be doing, start with your breath work. So just like we practiced, start noticing your breath, slow it down a little bit, maybe take that moment of mindfulness where you notice how your body feels. Um, I love to say, start with like a light at the top of your head. And this is for that visualization, Laura. Just imagine it slowly going down your body from your mm-hmm. face to your neck, all the way down your arms to your legs. And just as that light's coming down your body, you just notice how that part of your body feels. Notice if there's tension somewhere, if you're like clenching, you know how your hands are kind of in fists or shoulders are up by your ears. Just noticing that. Allow yourself to relax. Then that'll kind of get you in a better prepared state to do whatever meditation you're going to be participating in. So some meditations will focus simply on breath work. That may be your whole practice, um, depending on if you're using an instructor, it could be that. It could be a visualization. Uh, Maybe they'll have you imagine um, some beautiful place that you love to be and you focus on the smells, you focus on the sounds, Mm -hmm. you focus on what you see while you're there um, and you spend a lot of time in that. And before you know it, you're caught up in it. (laughs) You really feel like you're there. Um, That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Just that one. Yeah. (laughs) Laura knows where I'd be. (laughs) She'd be on the page. I'd be right there with her. (laughs) Yeah. With a book. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Maybe it's one that I love is you can have a meditation practice of gratitude where you think of a person or you can think of an experience in your life that you are so extremely grateful for and you completely picture that person in front of you or that moment in front of you, how it looked and you are saying thank you. Like this is meditation. You are becoming so extremely laser focused on one thing that everything else sort of drowns out, kind of feels a little 
um, muddy back behind you. You don't really know what's going on. Um, those are just a few little examples of meditation. It's just finding a deep, deep focus. You can even, um, a lot of people use meditation spiritually. So sometimes if I'm doing a Bible study, there will be, um, maybe a verse that I'm studying or a phrase that I really want to repeat to myself. I will say one part of the verse on the inhale, the second half on the exhale, Mm -hmm. and just repeat that slowly over and over. Um, Those are, you know, sometimes called mantras. If there's something that you want to repeat, like maybe inhale peace, exhale worry, things like that. That's another way to meditate. So there's so many different options of how to do this and definitely ways you could include it in class if you could find that time. But any kind of little visualization technique that you could come up with for your kids, um, I think would be the best route with them. Maybe mantras would work too. Mm -hmm. Um, It just depends on the age. I know they get the giggles real quick. I taught, um, I was asked to speak to a, a small college group here in town and I tried to do some of them with them and they just started giggling. I mean, we just all kind of lost it. And I was like, you know, maybe just try this on your own. <laughs> oh. No, it was, it was funny. And they, you know, if someone's next to them, but I think it could be great. Um, if there's a teacher's group, maybe you could do a little more focused guided meditation, um, either with an app you know, or have someone come in or you come up with your own phrases that you want to focus on that week, something like that. Um, So as you can see, meditation is definitely deeper than the first two things we talked about, but it will still, if you have the time to do it, will really help with that stress response. And it's also, there's so many studies that talk about how it changes your brain over time. Um, just to make it healthier, it improves um, your ability to self-regulate throughout the day. So it's not just during the moments of meditation. It's throughout the rest of the day. You're seeing these benefits, just like with physical exercise, you see the benefits throughout the rest of the day. It's still helping your body. Meditation is still helping your mental health the rest of the day. That's beautiful to think about. It really is. There is... um, this study that talks about how um, meditation can be or playing an instrument can be similar to meditation because Mm -hmm. you are so completely focused on what you're doing Mm -hmm. and you just kind of drown out all the other noise. And I think that's so beautiful to think about too. Mm -hmm. Just having that focus. Last year I was doing, I was really investing in meditation and I started introducing my children to it. And I would always use the guided ones um, Mm -hmm. or almost always your personal children, my personal children. And they would say, you know, mama, can we do guided meditation? And I would say, yeah. And I, they'd see me hit the five minute and they'd say no 10 or, you know, and and they, they were in it. Um, But, you know, I think about like with the older ones, there's all that social pressure. Mm -hmm. And so they feel funny, you know, but I think if you make it the norm and that feelings are normal and, you know, and we're trying to take care of our bodies and that should be normal. If you make it a, a true practice, like you said earlier, they will get used to it and they'll start to appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. 
they definitely learn by watching what we do. Personal Mm -hmm. children, our students. So if we tell them that it's okay to be still Mm -hmm. and to be quiet for a little bit and to really just um, be aware of our thoughts and just be observe where we are right then, I think that that's going to help them so much um, throughout their school day. It can help them think about you know, what they're worried about. We always sit um, an intention at the beginning of our yoga class about what, what do you need from your class today? Why did you, why did you come today? What do you need? And I always encourage them to set an intention for your day. Also, what do you need from this day? Just like we were talking about mindfulness, maybe they write down what's on their mind when they walked into class. Maybe they write down their intention. What do they need from this day? What do they need from this class? Um, and maybe it is something simple as I need an A or I need to do. I need to turn my homework in today. But it could be something a lot deeper. Like I need to feel like someone sees me. I need to feel like someone cares about me today. I need to feel like that mistake I made isn't going to stick around the rest of my life. You know, like they think really deep things just like we do and when we hold it all in or we don't acknowledge it, that's where the real problems start. And that is where that stress lies. And that is where that cortisol level shoots up when it's not mm-hmm. supposed to, and it turns into health problems. Um, it's just not worth it. So this is free. free. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's what we are. Free. Yeah, a lot of the things we've learned in this mm-hmm. whole kind of series on mind and body and stress and mental health is that, most everything we can do for ourselves, those things are free mm-hmm. and we have to, we just have to be intentional, intentional and make the effort. Mm-hmm. And I've really started trying to make the effort, really started doing that. I I, I told you I wasn't going to exercise is one of my things. And then I decided, you know what, I can do C to 5K. And I did. And I'm on, mm-hmm. this is, I finished week three tomorrow. Yay. Fantastic. <laughs> It's slow and ugly. The other day, three dog walkers passed me, but I was out there (laughs) and I felt good about it. I'm always passed when I run. It's fine. (laughs) My dog walkers. (laughs) I will. uh, Yeah, I've had, I've got some horror stories. It's okay. (laughs) I'm fine with it. I don't care. With it. I know. My husband said, do you see that girl? She passed me three times. I said, do you see that dog walker that passed me three times? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I just think we can take these concepts and really be creative with them. Oh, I do too. I just was thinking when you were doing the, um, when you're talking about the meditation where we just focus on an experience or a person, if we activated that as a pre-writing exercise before we started descriptive oh, writing, wow. how mm-hmm. powerful could that be? And then also you're teaching them how to be in tune with thoughts or mm-hmm. I just, I, th- I think we can, we can take these ideas and really be creative with them and then be on the lookout for when we might need to do some breath work mm-hmm. or yeah, meditation definitely um, boosts your creativity and mm-hmm. I will say there have been times after a meditation session session where I've had to go get my journal and write down like what I saw or what I would like. I just couldn't believe it. Like mm-hmm. the things that when you let your brain relax, what it can do and the, the beautiful things that will show up. It's, yeah. 
I think it's perfect. There's a lot of research about that with children, about letting them be bored Mm -hmm. and just letting Mm -hmm. them not having every moment planned for every day and all these activities and them on devices, but just letting them be and maybe be a little bit bored. And that's where creativity lies. So then they're just doing some thinking. Mm -hmm. I had something else to say. Blank space. That white space. I think that's what uh, somebody called it. Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no blank space. That's what I was thinking. I was, that song's in my head now. Me too. I'm just so thankful that you did this with us. I mean, I it will be super powerful for us as individuals if we just did it with us, mm-hmm. you know, as yeah. teachers. teachers. Yes how powerful it would be. But then if we just started planting some seeds of this with our students, Oh, I just had an idea. This is what it was. Um, I think about when we have all these behavior incidents in our room, how, if we have planted these seeds of breath work and mindfulness to be stop and think about what you're feeling, notice, how much better a behavior conference could go if we had if we had planted these seeds earlier in in a non-contentious situation right you know it's just like we teach strategies out of content so then we can use them with content if we can teach these little tools in a fun or a safe or a calm environment then when we need them how much smoother a situation could go. Definitely agree. I mean, I just think about how just with my own personal kids, if they're worked up about something or maybe got rude or, you know, just whatever, or if my daughter's having a hard time during a lesson in our school, I think what, let's, let's stop for a second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, you want to go outside. Do we need to take a walk? Do you need to tell me something? Do you want to write something down? Like, let's just stop. It's okay. It will all get done or not. And it's fine either way. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, what are you, what are you feeling? What are you noticing about your body? Mm -hmm. And what can you do to help yourself? What can I do? That Mm -hmm. I think that could be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, Leslie. My goal is for everyone in the world to do yoga. And if they can at least do this part of yoga, then they're doing yoga. So I'm at home alone tonight, so I may go home and do some yoga. I'm terrible at it right now. I'm not very flexible, (laughs) but I'm in the process. Mm -hmm. I need for relaxation. And also, Mm -hmm. I think at my age, I need it for flexibility Mm -hmm. and balance, Mm -hmm. you know, because I'm getting older and I need, and I think it's important. Absolutely. I can write you a whole report on why it's beneficial for our aging bodies. <laughs> okay, I'm not terrible at it. I'm just not, I'm just learning. Well, just a bit right? I mean, in anything we do, if we're just starting, then we shouldn't be experts or proficient. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't want anybody to watch me. Uh, Here's what I say about yoga. I have a lot of beginners and I say, like, I can't do yoga. I don't know why this is the thing. I can't do yoga. I can't touch my toes. And I say, bend your knees. You can touch your toes if you bend your knee. Where's the rule that says you have to keep your legs straight? I don't know. (laughs) I've never seen that rule. So if I could teach Brock yoga, which I did, I'll teach anyone. Uh 
<laughs> she sure did. That's Thank awesome. y'all so much. This has been fun. Thank, Thank you, Leslie. You. Uh, okay, listeners, hopefully you were inspired today with some bits of information that you can implement in your own life and then maybe even help students, no matter their age, start to implement these things in their life. Man, talk about making a difference. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, thank you always for listening. Please share this podcast with others. Rate and review us on your podcast app. Doing that helps other people find us. We hope today is helpful in some way because our goal is to help one people. Thank you, guys. Thank you.